We're back with another episode of our show. <gasps> we do that. Joining us again this week is Mr. Jonathan Pierce. We missed you last week. Thanks. I got my uh, finals done. Yay. Congratulations. We're so Thanks. proud of you. I bombed every single one of them. Fuck yeah. And I still <laughs> got a B plus in all my classes. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, speaking of finals... We didn't get your final worsty judgment on last week's movie, yeah, The Last Emperor. So we thought for our cold open this week, uh, Have we a would chatty. Uh, yeah, we find out uh, how you felt about the film. Okay, um, I liked it. Yeah, just fine. Last Emperor was a a good movie. Yeah, I mean, it it, it got a little dry for me and. At times, where I was like, "Man, get it done with this," but I'll keep going. Yeah, that, that seems like the general consensus of our uh, episode, including our guest uh, Trey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is there anything that really stood out to you in the film? It, I mean, I think that's its problem. Is no, <laughs> like it just like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. It it just. Was a, I mean, it. <sighs> the sets were fucking gorgeous. Yeah, very beautiful movie. I mean, they they shot that all in China's Forbidden City. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, uh, China bad. I don't want to <laughs> like any of this. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I it just it was a fine movie. Uh, I kind of wish it was uh, subbed. Like, I wish it would have been done in Chinese. Yeah, yeah. I kind of do too. Yeah. Uh, it, it it just felt like a lot of the stuff looked like it had to be redubbed a lot over. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, could you guys try that again? Because we can't understand you. Yeah. Um, I felt like absolutely the first part of the movie had no business being in English. because <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. Yeah, and I, I kind of get what Bertolucci's going for, but yeah, yeah. Just give us Cantonese or Mandarin or whatever one of the dialects is. Yeah, in that region, would have had to be Mandarin, I think, because that's the older. Yeah, kind of. What I was thinking. Yeah. Um, Any performances yeah. stand out for you in particular? Oh, what was her name? You know, it was like a really gross scene. The, was it his cousin or something like that? The one who was like a spy for the Japanese. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was really good. I liked her. She was good. But yeah. No, like I said, I mean, it, it was uh, it was a good movie. Yeah. I think I put it. Um, where did I put that? Well, we got to ask you the questions. Yeah, well, let's let's, let's go ahead and ask those questions. Do some (laughs) worsty judgments. So, yeah, uh, let's do that. uh, Does this film deserve to win Best Picture? (sighs) If I'm the Academy, I'm going to pick this from the rest of the films, but I would be wrong in every possible way. Yeah. 
Um, so I didn't get a chance to watch uh, Fatal Attraction or Hope and Glory, but I did watch Moonstruck in broadcast news. Uh, and Moonstruck is just so fucking good. It's so very good. <laughs> yeah, just so good. Like, and I never thought I'd be like, "Hey, I like sharing this movie ever." Won her an Oscar, and well deserved. And Nicolas Cage is just the most ridiculous character ever. Yeah. <laughs> and just Nick Cage. I'm sorry. I apologize. I need to, it's twice. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, Nicolas Cage. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Just was fucking amazing. I loved it. He's just so much charisma for just like a gross character. <laughs> just so yeah. overdramatic. Like, fuck is your problem, dude? <laughs> He uh, lost his hand. He lost his bride. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, uh, broadcast news I thought was fucking boring. Was, it, what the f- that fucking hate Holly Hunter? Just what? I I'm sorry. I just the whole talking out of the side of your fucking mouth. Like, open up your whole mouth, woman, and talk. Like, just it bugs the <laughs> shit out of me. I just don't like her. Sorry, <laughs> that's the wrong opinion. That's and that's okay. I, I I recognize how wrong I am about her, but it just bugs the piss out of me. Mm. That just why why are you talking to the side about who? Is nobody okay to the left of you ever? Are you okay with their Incredibles because you can't see your face? Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still hear it though. Like you can still hear her talking out of the side of her fucking mouth. <laughs> Yeah. So other than that, yeah. Um, I mean, does it deserve best picture? Yeah, probably. But I, I personally I would have rather Moonstruck have won it. But all right. And uh I guess that brings us to our second question. Is this the worst best picture? No. No, not at all. I think I I thirty two, I think is where okay. I put it. Yeah. Just in between mm-hmm. the apartment and from here to eternity. Not bad. Okay. Yeah. I don't even remember. Good company. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's just does <coughs> that there was just so much I feel like it could have done. I have it at 34, so yeah. There we go. All right. So yeah, sorry I missed last week, but it happens. Yeah. Wanna talk about a movies? Let's talk about a movies. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. And I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Podcast, the show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. Well, at least that's what we normally do. Zach, what are we doing this week? This week, we are talking 2021 in film, recapping our top fives and maybe a little beyond that. And uh, yeah, gearing up for award season. Well, I am very excited for award season. Mm-hmm. I got in a couple of films today. Very nice. nice. I got in. I got in 
one and a half today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so last year we got to open up this show with the current class of the National Film Registry. So I thought we'd go ahead and open up this year. Yes. yes. Uh, unlike last year, there are no Best Picture winners in this class. Okay. But there is still, and I will let you know this, a Best Picture that we have not covered that got in last year. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm not looking. Eyes shut. Keep that in mind. All right. So I think first I'm going to go over the list and then we will discuss so that okay. we don't get too sidetracked on every, on all 25 of these. There's 25? Yeah. I mean, there's 25 every year. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So the 2021 class of the National Film Registry going into the Library of Congress starts with Ringling Brothers Parade Film from 1902. Ew. Uh, <laughs> Jubilo from 1919. The Flying Ace from 1926. Hellbound Train from 1930. Flowers and Trees, the first best uh, animated short film winner from oh, 1932. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock's Strangers on a Train from 1951. Nice. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane from 1962. Whatever did happen to Baby Jane? Fell down yes. the well. Guess I got to watch some movies. Uh, find out. No, that was uh, that was Baby Jessica. Jessica, that's right. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Evergreen from 1965, Requiem 29 from 1970, The Murder of Fred Hampton from 1971, oh. Sounder from 1972. Ooh, Sounder. The Long Goodbye, the Robert Altman film from 1973. Yeah. Cooley High from 1975. Richard Pryor, Live in Concert from 1979. <laughs> nice. Chicana from 1979. The Wobblies from 1979. <laughs> Star Wars Episode Six: The Return of the Jedi from 1983. A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Wow. Stop Making Sense mm-hmm. from 1984. Who Killed Vincent Chen from 1987? The, water well, the Watermelon Woman, the landmark lesbian film, black lesbian, black lesbian film from 1996. Salinas, Salinas from 1997. Finally. The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring from 2001. And finally, the Walt got in as early as it could. No, 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 no. 20 t- 10 years, years off. That's right. Yeah. And Wally from 2008. Nice. So that is our class. What are we excited about? Yeah. So, yeah. I think this class is incredible. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I was forgetting it's 25 every year because we do like the year there was only like three or four from a certain year we're covering. And I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it's nice to hear some stuff we've talked about, like, you know, Sounder, I mean, is way overdue, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a great film. I Did I say like Pink Flamingos from 1972? Uh, I think you, you might have. That. I feel like I skipped it for some reason. Because that's uh, uh, John, John Waters. John Waters, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'm, like I said, I'm just very happy with this class. Like, uh even the stuff I haven't seen, I want. It makes me want to go see it. Yeah, 
I haven't seen Evergreen and I haven't seen Hellbound Train. Evergreen's apparently a short subject experimental film. It seems an eclectic uh, kind of diverse selection of films, which is nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you get some experimental stuff. You get a, mm-hmm. a comedy concert from Richard Pryor, which yeah, great. That's some horror. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, some nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, that was gonna get in there eventually. Think, eventually, but I'm, I'm glad it finally did get in. So, yeah. 37 years, we finally get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's one of my favorite film series. So, I'm, I'm glad if even that's the only one that gets in of the series. Yeah, so, something so, got in. Lord of the Rings. I that that's a. Uh, who did it? Who released it? The company, I guess, for the uh, it was Warner Brothers New Line Cinema. New yeah. Line, yeah, yeah. So that's why it gets in, even though it was like, yeah, I, kind of. like, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I get that it was shot in New Zealand by a New Zealand director, but it is, it is all American money. Okay. Uh, like you know, we're not going to put in anything of his, like Meet the Feebles or Dead Alive, <laughs> but. God, they should. They absolutely should put in Dallas. <laughs> I was thinking, meet the peoples because yeah, meet the peoples. <laughs> Who doesn't want the walrus fucking a fish in the library? There you go. I, I wonder if that means that Lord of the Rings is going to have a spot for the next two years. I'm curious. Hmm. Uh, I'm not against it because I mean, un- unlike when you list the greatest films of all time, and they should all be as one pick mm-hmm. yeah these this is specifically these films are going to be kept in the library of congress as long as the library of congress exists yeah yeah so if if we're going to put in all three of lord of the rings in subsequent years then sure let's do it sure yeah i have a feeling they might not just because you know looking at star wars how long it took return of the jedi yeah but i don't know if they would go out of order and put return of the king before See that's two the towers. other thing is I'm thinking like maybe <laughs> they won't put in two towers, but yeah. I mean they I feel like I mean deserve. the 20 years they could have put in all three, but yeah, yeah they were just saving the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of stuff I need to see on there. Um, makes me feel happy. I'm glad Wally's on there too. I think uh, <laughs> it kind of makes sense to go in this year. It's like uh, a reflection of. The world we're living in put wally in there yeah uh, i'm i'm really happy with wally that's that's very high on my pixar rankings me too uh yep i'm i'm a little upset incredibles hasn't gone in yet or the iron giant oh god yeah how is that out in there at least i don't think it is hold on Super. i feel like it is i feel like we've talked about it not it bastards boo earns and I and I love Wally. Like I said, it's very high up there. Yeah. Let's get some other stuff in there. Maybe they've got yeah. something against Brad Bird. They Bastards. they might. Uh I like Cooley High being in here. So it's it's nice to see to see a lot of black film go in this year. Mm-hmm. Uh Cooley High and uh, Watermelon Woman, Sounder. It's like yeah. we're we're starting to see representation on top of just Great filmmaking, right? Uh, Murder of Fred Hampton. Is that? Do- um, I was going to say like a documentary. Yep. Yeah. Mm. It was made in 1971, so that's not long after his death. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all in all. And Selena, man, what a what a surprise pick, honestly. Yeah, right. Like that's a film I really like, and me and Manny did a YouTube video on, and I talked about how much I liked it there. But I I just did not expect that to be a film that went into the National Film Registry. So, mm-hmm. congratulations. Any other notes we have on this wonderful class of films? Nothing here. Nope, other than I like it, and I'm excited to see some things that I haven't. Yeah. All right. Well, then. Oh, uh, and and I want to bring up the Ringling Brothers Parade film real quick, which I don't know if you guys looked at the tweet that I sent. No, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, So I I sent the group a tweet that talked about the Ringling Brothers uh, Parade film, the reason it gets in, because... Oh, oh, yeah. It shows a wealthy black neighborhood in 1902, which is something you did never see on film. Oh, yeah. My brain didn't connect that that was the same thing. Yeah. So thank you for the the clarification. I was like, oh, shit, not not circus stuff. But this is more important than that. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're, it's like, okay, there's the circus there. But to see a lot of well-to-do black Americans in 1902 just watching a parade go by. It's yeah kind of a, an incredible thing mm-hmm. oh yeah all right let's get on to our top yeah. fives okay uh, as we did last year i'm just gonna have you guys trade off your top fives i'll uh i'll remark where they are on my list for the year and uh then i'll reveal what of what of what of my top five hadn't been covered yet and um we can highlight whatever other films we want after that Okay. All right. Okay. So who would like to go first? I think I'll go with probably the most popcorn-y list available. <laughs> All right. So All right. we want to go five, 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 or five? Yeah, yeah. Five, back, well, four, five. well, you two go five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, okay. one, one. And then, and then I'll just chime in with my nonsense. Okay. Okay. No, fair enough. All right. Well, so my number five uh, was The Suicide Squad. That is sitting um, at my number 26. Yeah. Uh, also to note, I have seen 13 movies this year. So yeah, I, it's more than hey, last year. It's almost twice as much. Almost. Yeah. You're, you're one short, one shy. Mm-hmm. But you know, that was COVID year. So nobody saw any movies outside of Paul. Oh yeah. Which, uh, even then he think cut his list fairly short. Yeah. My, my list this year is 150. You also you hit like, 150 even, even and and, and that's well, <clears throat> 150 narrative films. Yeah, I okay. also have a documentary list. God, nice, nice. Which maybe I'll go over and I don't like doing documentaries with narrative films. It, I, I right. don't think it's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll go highlight a couple of those when I've done. We're done talking the rest of these. Uh, that's just 150 new films. From yeah. 2021 that I watched. That doesn't include the rest, which that number is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so, you, went, you did like two festivals this year. Mm-hmm. Three. Was it three? It Jesus. was uh, Sundance, SXSW, and Slamdance. That's right. So, Jonathan, what did you enjoy about Suicide Squad? Um, Suicide Squad, it was exactly what it needed to be. It, it was... Um, we're not ignoring that first Suicide Squad, but we are not going that direction, and we're right. just going to make a comic book movie. Um, yeah. 
and I think it's just going to be safe to say we're going to spoil a bunch of shit. So if you haven't seen some of these 2021 movies, just, uh, you know, the titles. So yeah, skip so. ahead. Um, but yeah, when you get a giant fucking starfish as your main antagonist of the fucking movie, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Doctor Who's the one that releases it. It's, it's going to be a good fucking movie. I'm also a big fan of the first film felt like it was really afraid to kill characters. And this one starts out. There's just like, yeah, we're just going to murder a whole yeah, bunch of people. All of them. Like, you know, like we sent you that like huge cast when we announced this movie, just all of them are going to die. Yeah. And, um, and so many more of them will die before the movie is over. <laughs> yep. Um, it, it just, and it had its heart, but still pointing out, Hey, these are all the bad guys. And, um, I, it's just rarely you see Idris Elba do wrong. He's so and good in this movie. He's amazing. This is one of, one of two incredible performances from him this year. Yep. Uh, John Cena. I mean, not a lot of range out of that guy, but he does what he does really fucking well. So. Right. And <laughs> when I see John Cena in a movie, I know what I want from him. Exactly. And he gives it to you 100%. And, and there's there's a couple of dramatic performances he's turned in that aren't terrible. Sure. But, but that's not that's, what I that's, want from him. Yeah, if I'd say that's not what I want from John Cena. <laughs> if I'm going to see him, you be John Cena. Do you get to watch? Guess, oh. Do you get to watch the Suicide Squad, Zank? Not yet, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's one I, I yeah, will. I definitely give it a watch. Uh, what was your number five, there, Zach? My number five is The Green Knight, and that, that is yeah. my number three. Very nice. <laughs> It uh, Dev Patel is just so good in it. I mean the the scenery, the cinematography. It's gorgeous. It's uh, the music's good. It's so much atmosphere to it and everything. Um, you know, it could, I, I'm still kind of confirming my feelings on the ending. You know, kind of ambiguous, different from the the uh, original story. But that's you know, mm-hmm. it's all right. Take some creative yeah. liberty. But um, yeah, I. That's one I would have liked to have seen in theaters, and oh, I'm I'm sad you didn't get to. It was an experience. It it but, was, yeah, that yeah. Is, that is a beautiful film, and and I'm, I'm kind of upset sometimes, and also not upset at the exact same time that a twenty four doesn't really do awards consideration mm. uh, campaigns because. Yeah. I feel like the Green Knight should be across the board in every category. Gotcha. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, big fan of Dev Patel, especially in this film. He did a, another film. I think it came out last year. The David Copperfield film. He's real fun into. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, Zach, everything you said. That's such a good film. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, did you have Green Knight anywhere on your list, or <laughs> he's, he's waiting? That's I'll, kind I'll of you wait, yeah. Kind of what's... why I'm I'm holding some of my my opinions on it. Yeah. Yep. What's uh, what's your number four, Jonathan? So my number four is Dune. Okay. And the problem is, I think all three of us really hyped this fucking movie mm-hmm. up. Yeah, Dune. Like we called this movie the best movie of 2021 last year. So, yeah. to be fair, we also called it the best movie of 2020. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, 
I watched it a few more times. Like I think I've seen this movie four times now and I've gone back and realized, Hey, I'm not just going to watch a movie four times because I don't like it. I like this fucking movie. It's a good movie. It has its flaws. It is an incomplete movie. Yeah. It, I want more. I want to see more of Dune and not because I'm so hyped to see it. It's because I did not get enough in this movie. And this movie was not short. I just, Skarsgård was so fucking good in this movie. Like, Skarsgård was really good in this movie. And I don't think anybody was bad at all. I, no, I, yeah, the acting is definitely not what I have the problem with. By no. the way, this, this is my number 107. Wow. <laughs> um, marketing fucked up this movie hard. Mm-hmm. Like the Zendaya what, five minutes of Zendaya that you get. Mm-hmm. They just really should have tempered myself a lot before I saw Dune. And like I said, after watching it a few more times, I, I really like the movie. It is really good. It's just give me more. Mm-hmm. And please, it's just, and also what I've said, I said this before too. Dune has a problem of you have two ways to shoot the desert. You go dull or you go super fucking vibrant. And they went dull and it did not work for this movie. Right. Yeah, and I think uh, I think another huge problem is that nobody's sweating in the desert. <laughs> so at no point do I feel like anybody's in any danger. Right. Well, yeah. you got to remember the suits. The suits are collecting the sweat and recycling it. Yeah. So I, I mean, that was something that maybe I, some yeah. perspiration on their forehead or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> at no point do I feel like it was the desert itself or the desert heat that was going to kill anybody. It was all like, hey, when are the sandworms going to show up? And yeah. now at the and, end of the movie, you see him riding like, oh, that's not even a fucking problem anymore. So yeah, um, I don't know. It's when it, it's a story that's been told before, so you really can't remark too much on it. But I, I like the politics of Dune and. I don't know. I it, and I feel like if this film leaned a lot more into the politics, I might have actually enjoyed it a lot more. But yeah. it, I don't know. It 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 covers them. Yeah, but yep. it doesn't feel like it's the focus. I I feel like the second one is really going to give us what we wanted. I and, and if it doesn't, then I'm not going to write off the series. But at that point, I'm going to go. All right, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Oh. I'm going to watch the second one and hope that it brings up the goal, the grade of the first one. But it, yeah, my big problem with the first one is I shouldn't need the second one to do that. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And absolutely. That's why it's sitting really low for me. That and I just yeah. watched, I, I pretty much tried to watch films that I knew I was going to like this year. Like I didn't go out of my way a lot to <laughs> watch bad movies. So mm-hmm. a lot of films that I don't hate are pretty low on my 150 movies list. Gotcha. All right, Zach, what's your number four? Funny enough, Dune is also my number four. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> the exact same uh, feelings. I, even being disappointed with it, I still really enjoy it uh, because I think it's probably the best made movie. Maybe, well, maybe second best. So there. But it's just so, it's so clinical for better or worse. And um, I always get his name wrong. I, I love him, but. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Well, that I was going to say. Jodorowsky. Uh, oh, Jodorowsky. Uh, mm. I always get the J wrong. But just seeing, um, you know, the ideas he had for the costuming and, and the 
vehicles in that movie and all the color that was there and and then to to look at, <laughs> to look at how <laughs> monochromatic this movie is and and like like you said before on the show Paul it, you can do that it could be uh interesting but it's just so dull and everything's a uh, different shades of brown and I like brown but interject something else in there too yeah yes. something <laughs> yep. some vibrancy um, but yeah I mean but I did enjoy it and I'm still excited to see the next part but all the same criticisms you don't need shouldn't need the second part to feel the first part's good you know talked about that with lord of the rings so what's your number three jonathan the green knight that's my number three too hey (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so here's my thing i the green knight is one of those movies where i tried so hard to get all my friends to watch and none of them liked it None what a of them. bunch of fucking wow. tools. And I'm just like, listen, of my movie friends, I'm the fucking plea. Like, I'm the one that's the filthy <laughs> casual. I don't need to look like a snob around to the general populace when it comes to things. So it's like fucking her all over again, where it's like, her was such an amazing movie. And all my friends are like, what? No, that movie sucked. Like, no, you're an idiot. It's like, this movie was phenomenal. I'm so, I'm having that problem with um, M. Night Shyamalan's old this year. Mm. So, yeah, I, I feel like, what is the complaint? That it's narratively thin or too slow or something? Is that what people... No, it's just because it's too weird. Like, it's just not... Like, yeah. A24, they, they make weird movies that don't... They're not... Well, they publish like these movies that are supposed to be these art house films for the most part that aren't your summer tent poles. They're supposed to be something different. And the closest they've gotten to that is something like uncut gems where you're just like, no, this is a drama in its purest form. But then you get the green Knight, and the green (coughs) Knight is like, how do you art house an awesome, like medieval mythos? Like it's yeah. And they did it it, and they did it fucking perfectly. It's um, so good, but like, it is still very art housey. So it it's it's David Lowry really really stretching his legs on what he can do with them yes. visually, mm-hmm. and I I think a lot of the film is is mood and yeah it's, oh yeah it's more of a vibe with kind of a a, a pretty simple like just don't be a dickhead message. Yeah. <laughs> And just like all, a lot of my friends are just like, so did he die at the end? That's not the point. That's the fucking point. Right? Like, <laughs> you're you're like asking he, the wrong question. He played the game. Like that was the point. Like, I uh, just, yeah. It, uh, and like the whole idea that he wouldn't even have to worry about this. If he didn't chop the dude's head off yeah. in the first place, <laughs> like you could have just like, cut the palm of his hand or yeah. nicked his arm and then you'd go visit him on Christmas a year later and he'd do the same to you. Like you wouldn't yeah. have to worry about this. Yep. But but he was being a show off. Yeah. Yep. And then then he just fails like chivalric test after chivalric test. It's Yeah, it's, and that's that's the one part that's kind of you know different from the the original story that I was like, mm, do I like this or do I not? But I mean, I lo- it's fine to take a different approach to it. Like I said, you oh, know, yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah. the word, but I mean, we've had like, supposed to be a little bit more honorable than he was sometimes, but I guess yeah. in the end he you know, does or doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And you know, when 
it's it's one of those things, like we've had what like 70 bad versions of robin hood we can, <laughs> yeah we can have a different version of garwin because <laughs> yeah. i can speak with an english accent <laughs> yeah so but yeah so that was my number three mm-hmm. zach what's your number three my number three is kenneth brana's belfast oh interesting i have yeah. that I have not seen that yet. I have the down on my number fifty-two. Fifty-two. Yeah. Nice. I um, it's a very uh, straightforward kind of movie, just very well made. I think Kenneth Branagh has become a really steady filmmaker over the years, and um, I love that it's shot in black and white it makes it kind of feel more to the era. Um, my I, the, I like not only is it shot in black and white, but the only color we basically get through the entire movie are the films that he oh, watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that effect too, and um, yeah, the 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 kid uh, Jude Hill as Buddy. He, that that's probably one of the reasons why it gets such a high ranking for him because he was amazing. He's really good. He's like ten when this film was filmed, probably, mm-hmm. and. I, if he's not like a superstar in five or six years, I'd, I'll be surprised. I, maybe he just stay in Ireland or something, but I don't know. Um, it really hit me emotionally in a lot of good ways. The only really criticism I have of it is the uh, bad guys were kind of one dimensional and they were kind of quick to <laughs> anger. But I mean, the whole conflict, Protestant versus Catholic, is just so silly anyway. So yeah, I mean, most most conflicts are yeah. Um, yeah. it's, but that one always stands out because it's like you, you're like a degree away from each other. You have to be this crazy against each other. Yeah. But yeah, I I thought it was a cute film. A lot of really good performances in it. Uh, I was going to be bringing up uh, notes here, and I don't think I did a Belfast breakdown. Mm. Oh well, uh, it got it's got nominated for a bunch of things so far. Yeah, I saw it has like seven Golden Globe nominations or something. Um, yeah. I'll say that, you know, my list is I haven't seen as many films as I would have liked, but also there mm-hmm. weren't that many movies that really excited me uh, throughout the year. I, I saw what I could. Of course, we're doing the podcast. I have right. a handful that I'm looking forward to see that we'll name after we finish this. I guess we'll go on to uh, Jonathan. What's your number two? So here's where I'm going to start feeling bad because I put Green Knight at three. Um, Fall Guy is my number two. Or if not Fall Guy, Free Guy. I keep saying Fall Guy every time I talk about that movie. <laughs> um, that movie was so much better than it deserved to be. I have that down on my number 81. Nice. Um, you know, is obviously, it- it's it's the the video game aspect is going to pull me in. But then when you make such a charming movie and I'm sorry, I am 100% a Ryan Reynolds fan, and I know it's a, it's a meme at this point, but I, (laughs) I love that guy so much. I think, I think this film is charming. Yeah. I had a lot of fun and just to, uh, kind of put you where I am with this movie. I have it right above venom. Oops. All venom. (laughs) Nice. Uh, uh, which, I also very much enjoyed. Um, and I feel like even when it was really trying to be too much, it was still in its still, still knowing where it's supposed to be. Like, especially like that last conflict where you're like, all right, how many uh, IPs do we own guys? All right. Throw them all at the screen. Yeah. I, no. I, I still enjoyed the shit out of that. <laughs> I, I did love 
as much as all the IP on the screen was kind of dumb. Uh, I I did very much love the Captain America shield and Chris Evans. What the shit? <laughs> I I just also is Channing Tatum my favorite part of that movie because I think he is. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> I love how Channing Tatum is just as aware of how we feel about him because he feels the same. The fact ever since I saw Channing Tatum in a gimp suit in a this is the oh, end. this is the end. I was like, all right, Channing Tatum knows what's up. Excellent, yeah. but yeah, no, I, yeah. I actually I, haven't seen it yet, but I'm. I, it is one that I want to see. Watch it's, it. Watch it with your boys. I would say it's gonna. It's gonna be on the Disney Plus in February. Okay. So. Yep. There, anybody who hasn't seen it yet, you yep. have to watch it in like a couple of months. Also, Taika Waititi needs to just stay off the screen for a bit. You don't need a cameo or be a part in everything, dude. Just, just fucking stop. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's so far in two of the five fucking movies that I've had That's in my right. top five. Yeah, good so, job. You're to blame. It's my fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> Zach, what's your number two? My number two, I went with a uh, special pick, a fun one, kind of contrary to the rest of my list. Uh, I have Mitchell's versus the Machines at number two. Ooh. I have that down at my number 17. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. It's yeah. so good. You're going to cry. Yep, I know. You're going to cry. Cry. Cry, Jonathan. <laughs> but you're going to, I I feel like you're probably going to laugh. I don't think, um, there's no movie that made my family laugh as much as this did this year. The it, The energy so is so high. It's frenetic uh, internet brand comedy, which, I mean, that make, that kind of, Makes it sound cheap the way I say that, but just like it's it's a pretty meme movie. Yeah, but it, like it's done, but it's done well. Yeah, okay. It doesn't come off corny. It's it's earnest and it's handled. And it, the approach makes it make sense. And it doesn't it doesn't rely only on beams for humor. Like yeah. sure, there's a lot of situational humor that is very funny. But it's got a big heart. Uh, a lot of good action. Great animation. Um. I think uh, when it first came out, we watched it like three times that first week. Probably the boys wanted to watch it again, and again, and you know, and my yeah, father-in-law came over and they wanted to show him the movie. It's it's just good. Very I think good. I need to rewatch it. It's it's so much fun. It's yeah. just a nice. it. So I guess this is the moment of truth where we find out Jonathan's number one. Okay. Um, Paul had said something yesterday. And so here, here's the issue that I had. I was talking to Paul. I've seen 13 movies. None of my movies feel like a number one for the year. None of them do. Mm. Um, so that's why I just basically went, what movies did I enjoy the most? Good. Um, and Paul had said something. I want to backtrack a little bit yesterday in our chat. And I apologize. I should have done this earlier. Um, where it was, let's see here. Okay, Paul had said you have a very popcorn number two. Yes, I do um, have a very popcorn number two. Okay, so I'm wondering if my number one is your number two. Probably not. Okay, so uh, my number one's Godzilla versus Kong. Hell yeah! What a good pick. <laughs> uh, now, unfortunately, like those are films I absolutely love. They're the light of my life, but Godzilla versus Kong is down to number seventy-eight for me. Oh, jeez, it's so it's so much fun. It's it is exactly what Paul states is one of his favorite things, is it's monsters destroying shit. 
Monster Strike shit. I love it. It's in it. It tried to have a human narrative, and, and it kind of did enough, but that's why we weren't there. We were there to watch Giant Monkey beat up Giant Lizard. Giant Lizard beat up Giant Monkey. And giant Mechana Lizard. And then Giant <laughs> Mechana Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> did not see it coming. Yeah, Mecha Godzilla fucking rule. Dude. Like, and, oh, God, that last fight. Like, And it lasted so long. And it was great. We didn't get an hour and 20 minutes of bullshit for a 10 minute fight. We got like 30 minutes of fucking just mayhem. I loved it. Loved it so much. That fight just went on. And it's one of those things like I think it would rank higher if if it had a stronger like human element to it. But I really feel like the entire Godzilla (laughs) human plot line was dumb and bad. (laughs) I agree. Um, but I would 100% be happy to give my $10 to a theater and to a studio to just literally put giant monkey, giant lizard in an arena for an hour and a half. I, I would be happy to do that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my number one. Again, I went very popcorny, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's your it's, favorite it's ones that I enjoyed. I just, I, I love a fun ride. I have seen more. Oh, I can't wait to talk to my about my bottom five. Um, Zach, what's your number one? So my number one is a movie that really, um, more than any other film I saw this year, really reminded me of the magic of movies and warmed my heart in a way that I was like, oh, I'm so glad. You know, I'm watching this, and it's the French Dispatch. It's my number one too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, does, you know what? No, you know what? You guys, gush. I'm gonna turn my my microphone on mute for a little bit, and you just go ahead and let me know when I can say my piece. Yeah. No. Uh, when you first saw it, Paul, you told us, you know, it's Wes Anderson Anderson ting, taking the Wes Anderson y thing to the extreme, and you're either gonna be on board for it or not. And um, I'm always on board for it. It's just I I don't know what it is, but I, I think what really charms me is just all the different styles and formats, you know, we go from the vibrant colors to black and white to animated sections. And it's just like, this is a love letter to film. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a man Jonathan is having a combustion. It's a man being in love with art and not taking the format too seriously. He is, a master of the craft showing exactly why he is where he is. I mean, we start with, we start with that incredible jaunt around on to the, with Owen Wilson. And we get that beautiful story of Benicio del Toro and Adrian Brody being just a dickhead art critic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of one of those, it's probably one of the few times I've ever enjoyed seeing a critic, be a dickhead on screens. Adrian Brody's just having a good time. This, this isn't even one of my top five uh, Wes Andersons. It's, uh, but it's my, <laughs> but it's my favorite of the year. It's uh, it might sneak in like at my number five. I don't know. I haven't ranked him in a while, so I'd have to look at it. Yeah, maybe I'll just re rewatch all my Criterion Wes Anderson films. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't even love uh, Timothy Chalamet in this. Uh, I think he's really pulling some Jason Schwartzman vibes, and he's but he's not quite nailing it. But even with that, I still I dig it. He fits. I think he's gonna. I can foresee him being back with Wes Anderson in the mm-hmm. in the future because he fits the. I, I do like him and Francis McDormand together. If I can, yeah. uh, real quick correction: uh, Nicholas Cage's cousin, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, thank oh, you. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, this is, and I love, I love watching him work in new mediums because we've never seen him do animated before, like 2D animated. I know we've yeah. done the the stop motion, uh, and all those scenes are wonderful and heartfelt and sweet. Uh, I think, I think it's just his overall love letter to the New Yorker. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is so incredible in this film. Oh, there's. For me, there's tons of rewatch value too because there's so much going on. Um, yeah, <laughs> he really fills a frame, and he knows he knows how to create those tableaus exactly the right way. And there's there's really nothing anyone could say about this film if uh, that that there's nothing wrong with it. <clears throat> Go ahead, sir. I'm going to begin by saying something nice. I'm finally getting over my not liking Benicio del Toro. I liked Benicio del Toro in this movie. He's so good in this movie. That being said, this movie makes me feel like an asshole. (laughs) How so? I don't understand why people like Wes Anderson. This is Wes Anderson making, like you said before, his six underground. This was not Wes Anderson making a film of, about showing his love for films. This movie felt like Wes Anderson showing his love for himself. I just watched for an hour and 19 minutes, Wes Anderson jerk off onto film. That would probably stared in a mirror. If he did it, (laughs) I I bet everybody would think it was because Wes Anderson apparently can't do any fucking wrong. This movie is so up. It's not that he can't can't do wrong. It's just that he hasn't yet. If, If say, say I was watching, a beautiful redhead masturbating and sticking something up her ass, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's beautiful. I'm go- I'm I'm fine with that, <laughs> and I would enjoy that a lot more <laughs> than watching this movie. I for what so for one, I started my day at six thirty and I turned to the song. I was like, I want to get this done. Oh, <laughs> I'd love to start my day with this movie. I think I'm going to do that on like it. Saturday. Literally put me have in a like, I went into work today in a pissy fucking mood because oh. I started my day watching this. <laughs> So I had put out in uh, one of my Discord channels uh, that I uh, that I'm in with Burns, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "So who is the most pretentious director ever, and why is it Wes Anderson?" Because you've never seen a Lars von Trier film. That's fair. I have not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then he posted the SNL sketch from the Wes oh, the, Anderson the thriller. <laughs> yes, and I was like. Jesus Christ, they fucking nailed it. And then I watched this movie. I was like, that was the same fucking thing. It literally was. It was there was nothing missing from that sketch uh, in this the, movie. The heart, the feeling, the the craft. I got none of that. Just okay, none well, of it. It was just just pretension. I'm sorry you don't know joy and you can't like <laughs> nice things and you just hate things that are popular, but Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I See, love throwing all that shit back it, in your face because literally you this is the only thing that makes me feel like this. I have like I don't I 
gatekeeping and and just <laughs> yeah, being an asshole to everything. Right just what yeah, was I, uh... I don't get what people like about Wes Anderson. I don't see it. I, okay, I then don't watch his movies anymore. Wrong. <laughs> what was the hour nineteen point that made you finally Timothy it up? Chalamet playing his best Shia LaBeouf? Uh, Shia LaBeouf's a really good actor, so that's a compliment. Well, you know what? Then just get fucking Shia LaBeouf. Like, <laughs> just why? Shia, La- Shia LaBeouf is uh, problematic these days. No, he's so. getting better, isn't he? Uh, is he it, no, stuff. Did he, he had no? some stuff come out. Did he? Yeah. Oh, God damn some, it! Something came out at the beginning of last year, or the beginning of this year. Some Shia fucking stop it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, no, it was just that that uh, I got. I think probably close to the end of that section of the movie. And I'm just like, I think my screen froze at like one part and it was like a frame that was, and I know I keep saying this, the most pretentious frame I've ever seen. Cause it was just like Timothy Chalamet, like leaning up against a TV or something like that mm, with lovely. moving scenery in the background. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm just done with this. And I and it makes me feel even worse because it's like I am literally being that guy that I'm bitching about my friends when I talk about things like the Green Knight and yeah. make them watch. And I you get are. it. I see it. I recognize it, but I can't stop. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't like Wes Anderson. And I, it's one of those things. I don't get why other people like it. I think well, I'm people sorry, like it because they feel like and you hate things, things that are popular. You know what? Fine. Fuck it. I'll, I'll <laughs> accept it. <laughs> Take it like a man. Wes Anderson is bad. Just bad. He's not bad. He's not your taste. No, I think he's bad. It is no, honestly one bad. of those he's things. Not your taste. I am 100%. I, I get what you're saying because it is something I will 99.99% say. I don't understand why I, people like him. I feel like I am in my hell because <laughs> people like Wes Anderson. I feel like this is a cosmic fucking joke that God created the earth so that during the time I was here, I would be confused by people liking Wes Anderson. This is the wow. point of existence. He's not bad. He's just not your taste. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Marvel movies aren't bad. They've just become not my taste. Yeah. Mar- no, Marvel movies are <sighs> like Spider-Man yeah. who put this Spider-Man in my peanut butter. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Man. No. Yep. Yep. All right. So, well, I, I guess uh, that brings me to the rest of my number five since uh, Zach hit on my number one, the incredible and perfect French dispatch that there's nothing wrong with. And my number three, the green, the incredible and perfect green knight that there's nothing wrong with. I'll talk about my other ones. My number really? five. My number five is Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. <clears throat> I really liked that movie. It was, it was, it didn't hit my top five because. I really don't have a reason. I like yeah. the other ones more. It was literally just that. It's just I liked the other movies a little bit better, and it it really yeah. it really just churned all the right. Oh, you know me. what it was? Ben Affleck. Huh. I thought Ben Affleck was bad. I think Ben Affleck's perfect in this movie. I, I just <laughs> felt like Ben Affleck was just playing Ben Affleck. Yeah, exactly. I know, and that bugged me. I felt like it it ruined immersion for me. It's like, why am I? getting the guy from it, clerks playing this French guy. Like it didn't ruin the immersion f- for me because that's the point of it. Sure. Like he is supposed to feel modern so that we 
get the modern context of everything. Because, yeah, this is this is a film set back in the 1300s. I forget the year, I'm sorry. Sure. Uh, this is a film set back then, but it's a film that's talking about that's contextually modern. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and that was definitely got yeah. 100%. And, and Ben Affleck's the character that's supposed to ground you in the modern times. And uh, him and Driver are probably my two favorite performances in this movie. Oh, and God, I, I love Driver so much. And I really think Ben Affleck could have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a lot more places. <sighs> but this is I just, he pulled me away, but I get what you're saying. It makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. But, um, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch it before, it's, you know, awards definitely season. watch it, but be careful who's in the room. Yeah. Like it is yeah. 100% a very triggering movie. It, it is. It is definitely, you know, big trigger warning for rape and discussions of such. It is. Yeah. It is not an easy watch. No, but, uh, it really tips the scales in, uh, Jody Cormer's corner yeah. it, it's it's a really good movie and yeah i i really like it's rashomon plotting mm. and i like i said I, I like what it had to say about how the more things change the more they stay the same mm. and, it, and then the fucking duel <laughs> yes God, that scene is so fucking good <laughs> like it's only like maybe 10 minutes of the movie and it happens at the very end, but yeah. my God, it's so, but well you're done. so drained by that point too. Yeah. Cause and you're just like, fuck this movie is just, yeah, it's, it's rough. rough. Especially since you end on, you end on Jody Cormer's scene, mm-hmm. uh, her story. And yeah, so that's the most draining part. Yeah. So then when you get there and, it's this like shot of adrenaline right at the end of the movie. And Oh, it's so good. It's so well shot. It's so well staged. It's just, it's, it's just brutal enough. It's perfect. Yep. All right. Uh, my number four is Jane Campion's the power of the dog, Mm. which is a film that I just absolutely loved. I have it in my honorable mentions. I, I really, I enjoyed it. But uh, I didn't quite hit it as much. I'd like to hear some more about what you have to think about it. I just, I think it's a real slow burn of a film. Mm-hmm. And even though some of the, some of the stuff that happens at the end of it is kind of obvious once you start looking at it, I like that it's kind of in your face obvious. Yeah. Uh, I like that, you know, there's the old saying that uh, you let a person show you who they're, who they are. And they'll show you who they are. Yeah. And each of these characters in turn shows their true colors to each other. And uh, Cody Smith McPhee in this film is such, Mm. such a quietly devastating performance. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I had to watch this in two parts. And when I stopped halfway through, I was like, I'm, I'm not getting it. I don't think I like this movie very much. I didn't like, I was like, Benedict Cumberbatch's performance is weird. But then watching the rest of it, I understood what was going on as far mm-hmm. as, you know, him kind of putting it on in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one of the, th- I'm, I'm with you. That's one of the things where when they kind of 
start showing you why he's acting the way he's acting. It's like, oh, so his he's very stilted for a very specific reason. Yeah. And it he's he's really good in it. I I think Plemons is becoming like the unsung uh member of the cast because Jesse Plemons is excellent in this. And Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst is wonderful. She's so yeah. wonderful. Like yeah. I think she's quietly one of our best actresses and she just doesn't chase like very high profile things. Right. Yeah, people, she's uh, really, I know you don't like uh Lars von Trier, but um, melancholia was the first time I really knew that she was uh, really talented. She's excellent at that. First time I knew she was really talented was um, version suicides, uh, which of course is directed by Nicholas Cage's cousin, Sophia Coppola. Yeah. Um, she's really good at that. And then, uh, the same year she has drop dead gorgeous come out, which she's incredible. <laughs> in. Gosh, I haven't seen that in forever, but yeah, me and Jonathan watched it for drinking age movies. So anyway, uh, I, I like where it ends. I like, I like the slow twisty nature of it. Mm-hmm. It's very twisty, very twisty. It's just like a rope. Yes. <laughs> so that's <laughs> my number four more. I definitely recommend people to see it, though, and form their own opinions on it. Yeah, and it's on Netflix. There's yeah. no point in not watching it. The time. It's not that long a film. No, I'm just saying time in general. Okay. Mm. Well, if you ain't got time, make time. <laughs> yeah, I'll get somehow, right on that. Somehow. <laughs> Stack it. I want a hyperbolic time chamber so badly. Dude, right? Yeah. A hyperbolic time chamber. And my number two, my pop my popcorny pick in my top 10 a film that lives up to every bit of the hype that was worth Steven Spielberg's West side story. It is so fucking incredible. Holy shit. That's what I've heard. So here's a question for you. Okay. If you have the ability to pull yourself out of yourself, put yourself in me and how I felt about the original. Am I going to still like this movie? What are your worst complaints about the original? I just didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't want to say it's the unnecessary dancing, but a lot of it was the unnecessary dancing. There's a lot less dancing dancing in this one. Okay. Okay. uh, There's no unnecessary dancing in the original, but there's less (laughs) dancing in this one. And it's all, it's all very necessary. Um, The, the way that the dancing is used in this film is, sparingly and really well done uh like there's no there's no uh fight dancing like the original okay okay Okay. i think you mentioned previously when you'd first watch it you said maybe the the violence is i mean not that it's overly violent but it's more heightened realistic yeah it's it's the violence is actually kind of brutal oh okay there's the the like the jets sharks rumble at the beginning of the movie is quick and violent and people are getting hit in the head with paint cans, like full on straight in the camera. Like it's, it's pretty violent. And then the rumble is, the rumble is violent as fuck. And it's awesome. Like I'm actually like, I'm excited to see this movie because I want to like West side story. I just don't. And Um, throw Spielberg at it. And I'm like, if there's going to be a guy, him and Janusz Kaminski move the camera so well through this. And it is, it is, so expertly like shot and directed 
yeah. and the way that they they use the landscape around them is wonderful uh they've said it more as a story about gentrification uh like the that's the part of the West side that they're fighting over is being torn down and turned into Lincoln center. Um, they, they do a lot with this movie. And, um, so do they keep the time setting or is it? Yeah, they keep the time set. Okay. Uh, Again, it's another one of those, like the more things change, the more they stay the same kind of things. Mm -hmm. Like these, these two gangs are fighting over, abandoned buildings that are being torn down so it gives it gives a lot more like hopelessness and uh and pointlessness to their violence and i think that's a really interesting decision uh again the america scene is shot in the streets like in broad daylight with it's one of my favorite moments in film this year probably my favorite moment in all of film this year nice um, they, they put cool and I feel pretty back in their, uh, back in their Broadway spots. Okay. And cool becomes this really interesting fight for control of the, uh, of the jets between riff and, um, Tony. Okay. And, uh, I feel pretty ends up. So when we were on the episode I said that I feel pretty came after uh, Bernardo's death. And Emily Williams is like, that's so much darker than the way it was in the movie. It's dark. Like it gives, it gives Maria this, this innocence and Mm -hmm. this uh, ignorance to the fact that everything's about to collapse around her, Mm -hmm. that, you know, everything's about to like, even if you hadn't seen the film, you know, everything's about to go wrong for her. And then they cut to this song and instead of doing it in like the seamstress shop, they do it around gimbals. So she's like, she's like trying to live her fantasies through the song. And you're like, you're not going to get any of that. <laughs> it's so sad. It's, Oh God, it's perfect. It's so nice. good. I, I want to go see it again. And I'm upset that it's not doing better at the theaters. Cause fuck everyone. Yeah, I I keep wanting to get a Hollywood musical renaissance, but America just does not want it, and it's <sighs> sad. And it's, yeah, and I mean, In the Heights was really good this year. I like Tick, Tick, Boom. I don't think it's great. I just, I can't hear that title and not think of some shitty fucking, what is it? Zach, tell me, shine down or whatever. Or the POD or, or, or Yeah. Click, tick, click, tick, boom. boom. <laughs> yeah. Like, POD. It just, it wasn't POD. I know that it was. It was another one of those puddle us either back. Oh, bands. But I keep thinking of uh... <laughs> Trav. Enter which band it is here. Saliva. <laughs> Thank you, Trav. <laughs> All right. So, what do you guys have sitting in your periphery? Uh, pig. That's my number twelve. Yeah. Uh, pig was my number seven. Uh, th- <laughs> so it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So I thought it, I thought it was going to be John Wick, but Nicolas Cage. Instead, it was like, what if Chef was dark? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, like, what if things didn't go right for John Favreau? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched this movie. And I was like, I. 
fucking love Nicolas Cage. Where is this Nicolas Cage? I want old man Nicolas Cage in everything right now. He was so fucking good. He he should he should be up for every award right now for this movie. He's he really so, so good in this movie. And it's it, the marketing on this film is really what is gonna kill it. And because like I said, it felt like the tra- I looked at the trail, I was like, that's John Wick with a pig instead of a dog. Yeah, and, and fuck marketing. Was- I just don't pay attention to it anymore. Like I'll watch a trailer and be like, that was a good trailer. That's probably yeah. not what that movie is. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, this is one of those very rare instances where it's kind of like bait and switched, but you still got a good fucking movie ahead of it. Uh, I it argue just, a better movie. I Honestly, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Because it just, everything was toned down. Like, it just, nobody was going off the wall at any moment. It was just literally a series of conversations about a dude who just wants to get his fucking pig back and it it was just so good and it was a perfect length too yeah like it was like exactly an hour and a half long it didn't need to be any more or any less it just it was great but there were things that i liked better in fact i actually had i put that on my number seven because my number six was luca i really liked luca I liked Luca. It was a wonderfully gay film. It was super gay. <laughs> uh, and but I great. love Luca. I don't even know where I have it. Do I have it ranked? Luca's good. My boys watch it a lot and you know, see if it turns them gay. Obviously, that's a joke. Films don't turn people gay. <laughs> Tofu does. I, oh. Yeah, apparently that's the thing. I don't think <laughs> I ranked Luca. <gasps> Oh no! You're I'd, I'd put it probably at, no. I'd say it's around his like between ninety five and hundred. No, see. because for some other things probably in like the one twenty five area. No, <laughs> I gave it three and a half stars. Hmm. Hmm. Look! Look at your one twenty, and then go. Is this better than that? Yeah. It's better than that. Okay, look because at your my one eighteen is my one eighteen is Spider Man. All these fucking Spider Man oh, okay. won't go uh, away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked it better than 8-Bit Christmas. I liked it better than Dune. I liked it better than Coming. <gasps> that reminds me. That's another movie that I fucking watched. That I got another new bottom two. What, what just added to your bottom two? Uh, Home Alone number whatever the fuck. Oh, six. Oh, there you go. 14. You doubled your... Yeah. You doubled I your total. Doubled last year. Uh, I liked it better than Justice League. Hey, this is the same movie, but a little bit longer. Uh, I, like I liked Home Alone number six better than I liked French Dispatch. I liked it better than Free Guy. I liked it better than Wish Dragon. Um, okay, it's going up my number 76. Oh, that's pretty close to my initial guess. Nice. Yeah. I had a um, couple, like, I didn't rank them because they're, again, not narrative, but uh, Summer of Soul was a great documentary. Uh, there's a mm. lot of good documentaries out this year. I think, I think the world that we're in uh, has lent itself to people being contemplative and making a lot of good documentaries um i can't do it i, what, I just yeah there are just so many dark ones right now i think oh, the yeah, only yeah, yeah. documentary i watched was like an xbox made youtube series about xbox and that's about it i Fair think it's like summer souls so, yeah summer really souls good. about the harlem music festival that happened like adjacent to woodstock and this footage was lost for 50 years hmm. and then quest love 
Yeah, yeah it's just people celebrating black music from 1969, and it's yeah. nice. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, and um, also, technically a 2021 movie, but we talked about it last award season, Judas and the Black Messiah. If, if <laughs> that were hadn't been previously talked about, it would have been on my top five for sure. Sure. It's, it's my number 11. Okay. But uh, because of us talking about it last year and yeah mm. and um the other thing i'm going to mention is bo burnham inside was something that <laughs> really spoke to a lot of people this year and i still haven't watched that i'm not a huge bo burnham fan i like snippets of him yeah um what did i you probably won't like this like... probably too uh artsy fartsy i don't know is it yeah <laughs> i i can like artsy fartsy i just don't yeah. like it's fun. It's a good time. Yeah. Fair enough. But it's also very contemplative. Yeah. Uh, I've got a handful of things I'm looking forward to seeing that I haven't seen yet. I guess we all do, I'm sure. Let, let, let me hit up some periphery stuff real oh, quick yeah. before yes. we get to what we're looking forward to. Uh, I went over to my documentary list real quick. Uh, I would like to give a shout out to Me to Play, which is a uh, documentary about two men with Alzheimer's putting on um, Samuel Beckett's Endgame. Oh. And it's incredible and yeah. moving. Uh, Lily topples the world about domino artist Lily Hevish uh, on her quest to create her own line of dominoes, which my boys loved that documentary so much that they now own <laughs> some of her <laughs> dominoes. Wow. Uh, Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, really good documentary this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summer still ends up being my number five documentary. Yeah, I watched a lot of really good documentaries this year, and I could go on. For What's your a while. number one documentary? Did you already uh, say the the Meet to Play? Okay, I just absolutely loved it. Cool. Um, want to give a shout out to Coda, which is a the first film I watched at Sundance this year, and remained in my top ten. It was very mm-hmm. moving and beautiful. Uh, but a the own uh, a girl in a family of four who is the only uh, hearing capable member of a deaf family coda standing for child of deaf adults okay hmm. i think i saw um, that on some golden globe nominations yeah it's excellent it's on apple plus uh absolutely suggested uh paul schrader's card counters my number 10 this year film i absolutely loved uh i figured we'd bring up paul schrader since we've been talking about him a lot on uh Thursday, I won't go too much into it because that might be our Thursday pick for 2021 since Ooh. Martin Scorsese did not have a film come out this year. Yeah. A uh, couple of great foreign films I got to watch this year Benedetta, Lesbian Nuns, Married to Jesus. Love it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, it's that Paul Verhoeven. The sentence I've ever heard ever. <laughs> yeah. Paul Verhoeven being the wildest <laughs> wild man that Paul Verhoeven could be. <laughs> Uh, and to tame French girl fucks a car and gets pregnant. Yeah. Plot two movie. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I'm going to see. It's incredible. Uh, uh, loved uh, The Harder They Fall, uh, Netflix. Mm. Uh, just stack cast Delroy Lindo, Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors. The Queen, Regina King. Oh, yeah. so good. Uh, Malignant, one of my favorite films of the year. Uh, uh, Lamb. 
the little lamb baby. I, I, I was torn today. I was like, do I want to watch pig or do I want to watch lamb? I'm going to say you, pig. you made the right choice. Lamb's at my number 24 pigs at my number 12. Uh, but lamb is also really weird and good. See, that's uh, my thing is like lamb is that movie. I was, I believe after I saw green Knight, cause lamb was one of the, uh, trailers for that movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need lamb to be bad just so that a 24 could calm the fuck down. <laughs> it's not bad. So I'm disappointed bad at all. Uh, Ooh. give a shout out to ingenue Ellis's performance in King Richard. She's amazing. Ariana DeBose in West Side Story playing Nita, the best performance of the year. Uh, Andrew Garfield having a hell of the year with the eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick, Tick, Boom and Spider-Man. There's some Spider-Man here. Yeah. We, we all know they're in that movie. That's not a spoiler anymore. <laughs> Was it really being hidden? Well, they were trying. I mean, Andrew Garfield up until like a week before the movie came out was still like, I'm not in that movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't pay much attention, so I didn't know for sure, but I assume they, it, yeah. At that point, everybody there would have been disappointed if he wasn't. There are there are some things I could l- legitimately spoil for you that I won't. Yeah. That, I sh- that I should because <laughs> that movie's not that good. Oh, no. um, uh, Annette, love little puppet baby Annette. Shout out to bless you. My my, you know what to do, Trav. Uh, shout out to all the weird little babies this year. I like Puppet Baby. I like Lamb Baby. I like Car Baby. <laughs> I'm about all these things. More weird babies. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Venom. And and more Venom. Uh, shocking upgrade from the first one. I have Justice League down at my number 99. That didn't need to happen. Why did that happen? Yeah. Just went and saw um, some movies today. I'll get, I'll do those later. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all I really want to point out, except Ghostbusters Afterlife is the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> do you, wait, do you like that less than Spider Man? Oh my God, so many spiders. Um, I have Spider Man. There's who put these spiders in my peanut butter at 118. Uh, I actually like that movie, or I guess 119 now that I remember Luca exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that more than I disliked it. I don't hate that film. It's just that it's so obviously flawed. And now I have to keep hearing about how it's a masterpiece like Joker. Every single. It's not getting that kind of hype. It's what is getting exactly that kind of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's currently sitting in IMDb's top 10 of all time. Yeah. But it's not going to be like everybody who just forgot that Martin Scorsese fucking exists like Joker. Like it's, I don't think it's that kind of hype. It is. I just, I literally think the month from now, people are going to forget the movie happened. I don't know. Maybe, maybe a couple years from now, but I, I'm not saying Paul, I haven't seen seen it either. yeah, Yeah. So I can't say anything, but Paul is literally the only person I know that has a, uh, even lukewarm opinion. Everybody else is, oh my God, best movie I have seen since Endgame. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you get, you get where the, the audience is. Fucking Barlow. Jesus Christ. Endgame is the worst MCU film. I don't, I don't think second place is even close. People on my friends list openly weeping about how perfect the Spider Man movie is. Anyway, uh, Ghostbusters <laughs> af- Afterbirth is in my bottom 10. Very nice. <laughs> Afterbirth. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> 
I gave it a star and a half, and I only gave it one of those stars because Paul Rudd and McKenna Grace are actually very good in this movie. So I got to give the movie props where it succeeds. I don't need to give it props when we have Ghost Harold Ramis showing up in the end, looking all ghoulish and awful. I've not seen it yet. Sorry. I'm going to spoil this film because I don't give a shit. This movie sucks. <laughs> it's so bad. Don't see it. Angel opens her ass. Look, there's, there are two good Ghostbusters films. One came out the year I was born and one was in 2016. Why did people not like Ghostbusters too? I don't fucking get it. It's not good. I think it's exactly the same fucking movie as the first one. And that's why it's not good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do a different movie. Uh, and then Dear Evan Hansen is a uh, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I could go on all day, but I uh, I don't want to. All right. So did you give us your bottom five there, Paul? Or oh, I will give you my bottom G- give five. Give us our bottom want. five real quick. Okay. So uh, my number five is uh, Snake Eyes. Okay. The G.I. Joe movie. It's awful <laughs> and boring. Uh, my number four is Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> because what the fuck? Yep. Uh, my number three, and uh, resident cartoon expert Caitlin McCoy will be happy to hear, is Tom and Jerry. I forgot that was even a thing this year. <laughs> yep. Uh, my number two is Bliss, the Amazon film, which I only watch because I love Selma Hayek and. It's not good. And my number my my least favorite film of the year is Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> which holy shit. Yeah. How did this how did this get popular on Broadway? I don't understand. This should have run for three performances and bombed. And I realized that this isn't the exact same thing as as the play. Like they changed a whole bunch of stuff, but every goddamn song sounds like a praise and worship song. And I hate Dude, it. I thought the same thing. Like I didn't watch it. My wife being a big Ben Platt fan just watched it one day. And I think I just walked by. I was like, what the fuck are you watching? And like, I honestly thought it was like a Christian movie. And yeah, no, I have no interest in watching that film. And it's the same, it's the same songwriting team that did um, the lamest showman. Yeah, mm. which it <laughs> sucks, and I hate that movie. Uh, uh, Zach, did you have a bottom five? You know what? I actually don't really have a bottom five uh, because I really only picked out movies that I would know that I wanted to watch and would enjoy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. do you at least do you at least have a movie that you think would have been the worst of the year? Um, I'm I'm sure I would have hated Dear Evan Hansen as well. It's um, trash. <laughs> No, I don't think I, I I don't have a thought on that. No, that's fair. Hey, you know what? I appreciate your positive attitude. And and I did just jump it on you. So um, I have a bottom five <laughs> of 14. <laughs> um, so like my number five and four were just like they're not the bottom five of the year, but they were just five of 14. But, uh, <laughs> but you but you watch 14 movies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got Black Widow as my number five. It was a good movie until the third act, and then it became an MCU movie. Yeah, I have it at one eleven, which is eight higher than Spider Man. Turn off the Spider Man. Yep. 
Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League was my number four on the bottom just because um, I thought it was better, but I thought it was completely and totally unnecessary. And it's not a fucking director's cut if you have to film more. So it's a remake in a weird turn. It's, It's literally you going, I, oh, wait, that's not what I meant to do. Yeah, exactly. It's a redo. Yeah. Um, so my bottom three were all bad movies. Mortal Kombat. What the fuck was that? I, <laughs> like, I have I have that in my 136. It's just sitting right outside my my bottom 10. I didn't fucking hate it. I hated how unnecessary it was. How unnecessary so many characters were. If you would have given me a Kano movie, I'd have eaten that shit up like crazy. But yeah, no. that dude. That dude was ham, ham sandwich on rye. Like, it was so much fun. He understood the assignment. Nobody else did. No. So, yeah. Uh, number two, Home Alone. Fucking whatever number. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 could you not at least have given Macaulay Culkin something to do? Like, have him walk past the fucking camera at some point. Well, good on Macaulay Culkin for staying away from that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they offered it and he's like, no, this is shit. I'm going elsewhere. It's it's bad. It is really bad. Honestly, I I fucking hate doing this, but yeah, it was worse than the French Dispatch. I, I want to meme the French Dispatch more, and I do fucking hate that movie and everything, but it's perfect, alone, yeah. Like, yeah, it was that bad. But the French Dispatch, I do have it as my least. I watched all of Home Alone. I will say that. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm pretty sure I watched exactly as much Home Alone as I did The French Dispatch. So, wow, having the 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 best movie of the year at your bottom of your list—that's a bold move. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> fucking get it. I don't understand this cruel joke that God has played on humanity it's okay. just for you, me to not understand. You don't feel joy, and you hate things that are bad. <laughs> Paul doesn't it's get not... the Spider-Man thing. So, oh, Wait. I get the Spider-Man well, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's because, the thing. because into the spider verse is the better version of it like that's the thing i don't get it i don't know why people like wes anderson it makes no fucking sense to me it's pretty it and i'd be okay because i'm not saying that what i'm looking at what's coming into my eyeballs is bad it's just what I'm smelling the entire time. It's <laughs> just I'm catching the perfume this of great filmmaking. Just farts. Just uh, I get well, French. Then, ca- then I get a French eat, cafe. You need to eat less Taco Bell while you're watching great film. <laughs> I'm sorry. I oh God. I I would honestly do a podcast of why Wes Anderson. But Let's I would it. have to watch more Wes Anderson. And I and I had said this last night. I was like, I'm going to watch The French Dispatch because you can't hate what you don't know. Yeah. And I tried. I fi- should, this is the most Wes just Anderson movie ever. I should yeah. have. I really should have. But I can't do that. I mean, I, I need. I was hoping to go into this and go, you know what? I, I went in positive. I really did. I was like. I hope this movie is good. I don't think it's probably going to turn me around on Wes Anderson, but I hope that I can at least sit back and go, this I, is a good movie. Yeah, and I just, I, I couldn't. I will say if anybody is going to, into Wes Anderson, this should not be their first Wes Anderson. I don't think, I think you, I, I don't know. I think it possibly should. I think if you can go, if you can stomach this movie, 
Which you don't you, have to stomach. It's really good. It's a lot then, of fun. Then you know what Wes Anderson is about. Like you said before, this is his six underground. This is Wes Anderson going. I am Wes Anderson. This is Wes Anderson. Yeah. And he yeah. And he puts himself on display in the most <laughs> bare bones way possible. And I'm not going to relitigate no, this film right yeah. now. We got other things to talk about. All right, Zach, <laughs> you had things you were excited about. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh quick uh editorial note i guess I, we're probably like a, an hour 20 ish record time so if we do this and then five minutes on each of the award shows or something is that possible to do? Yeah, I'll, I'll just scrap the award show shit i was i was gonna bring up the notes as we were talking about the film but i just forgot to do it okay it's not important it really isn't okay yeah so i've got uh i need to see the last duel still um upcoming movies that just aren't readily available yet. So this is kind of like a part one and a half for me. And we'll get more when we cover the Oscars. Probably I uh, really want to see licorice pizza. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. Don't look up comes out Christmas Eve on Netflix. So watch I told, that. I told Paul, we recorded one day too early. Oh yeah. Made three Matrix movies comes out tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh yeah. Matrix that. Yeah. Uh, the worst person in the world and drive my car. Those are the, Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those are all high on my list, and I really want to see the lost daughter in the tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, who's in tragedy of Macbeth? Uh, that would be Denzel Washington. That's right, Francis right. McDormand. It's a Joel Cohen film. That's right. It's just Joel Cohen too. Yeah, no, no, Ethan. Okay, I'd be down for that. It you know it's going to be on Apple TV in January if you don't get to the theater to see it. Yeah, Jonathan, you got anything you're looking forward to? Um, well, obviously, Matrix. I'm looking forward to seeing that. There's a few things. I had a list of movies that I'm trying to get in before the end of 2021. So, like Nightmare Alley, something I want to watch. The Disciple, Licorice Pizza. Uh, I still need to catch Venom Two, Electric Boogaloo, Venom, uh, Venom. <laughs> Candyman. I still need to catch That's Belfast. Good. Is definitely one I wanted to see. Uh, I don't think I rank Candyman either. No, there must have been like a month where I just didn't rank anything I watched. Anyway, go. Sorry, did both of those come out? I think Luca and Candyman came out in October. No, no, Luca came, came out, out like well August. Before. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Uh, Fanine, I still need to catch. Hmm. Uh, I'm expecting just pure adrenaline fun out of that, and it was good. good thing. Yeah, uh, Army of the Dead. I heard so many good things about that that I need to watch that. You know, funny enough, I haven't seen Army of the Dead, but I watched Army of Thieves, hmm. the prequel. <laughs> uh, and Lamb, I still need to catch. Ma'am. 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 I have a very personal history with sheep, so I'm looking forward to that as well. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Second <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, he's going to bring out his Scottish lover. Sorry, I just had to uh, cuddle my wool again. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Indeed. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I, I still need to watch that I, I hope to be able to do so. My uh, break in between semesters is not turning into as much of a break as I thought. Arr. But a lot of that is also because I finished up the... Uh, the end of Final Fantasy XIV's run of the eight-year arc that's been doing, which goodness, good lord, dude, that shit was amazing. I cried uh-huh. in the middle of a fight, and it was, I wept, I wept. 
What? I only bring it up because of how cinematically awesome it was for a video game. Yoshi Amazing. P is fucking perfect and can do no wrong. That's awesome. <sighs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Oh, have you have you named a few of the things that you're really looking forward to that we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, yeah. I said uh I said tragedy Macbeth and Yeah, yeah, that's right. Lost Daughter. See what Maggie Gyllenhaal does. I, I, I'm hearing good things about it. Yeah. So as a final question here, uh, anything anybody looking forward to in 22? I actually have a 2022 list up. Mm-hmm. I, I could go down this forever, but I, I, I think I'll bring up the, the couple of trailers that I was really on board for, which were like every everything everywhere all at once. Mm. Looks awesome. Mm. Love me some Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited for, uh, oh God, I can't think of the name of it. The, that new Francis Ford Coppola's nephew, Nicholas Cage movie with, uh, the Nicholas Cage movie about Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be the, uh, the French dispatch of Nicholas Cage films. Who, who is he with? Like it, it's a part it's, of um, film. It's, it's the Mandalorian. Um, oh, oh yeah. Um, I want to say Pasquale, but Pedro Pasquale. Yeah. Thank you. Pascal, Pascal, uh, that looks incredible. Uh, there's a new Downton Abbey movie coming out next year, so I'm trying to get that. Uh, I have watched zero minutes of Downton Abbey. Uh, the Northman looks awesome. Oh, yes. Which would be some Eggers. Yeah, the one. Oh, oh, shit. I finally saw the trailer to that, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking cast. And, and not that I. Not that I want to put Marvel movies in my must-see watch list, but Sam Raimi's coming back for Doctor Strange. You saw the, the Doctor Strange. This is pretty much just a sequel to Spider-Man. Turn off the Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, Into the Spider-Verse 2, of course, is coming out. Oh, across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm also excited to see what is most likely going to be the worst Marvel movie ever. No, it's a Sony movie. So I don't even know if it's a uh, Morbius. Morbius looks <laughs> fucking terrible. God, Holy I'm, fuck. I'm just excited for that movie to come out so I don't have to see it on the beginning of every movie I go see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, this time next year we'll finally have Avatar 2 if anybody is in the world <sighs> is actually looking forward to that. I already <gasps> saw Pocahontas 2 and I don't, mm. it's not as yeah. good as yeah, the no, first it's, one. It's really is yeah. It's a reason they never made a sequel to Dances of Wolves, people. Yep. I don't know. I'm still gonna see it. Yeah, maybe it'll uh, go maybe it'll go it'll, somewhere interesting. It, it'll it'll be literally eyeball candy. That's it. It's yeah. I'm gonna get eyeball diabetes. Oh, unbearable weight of massive diabetes. Unbearable yeah. weight of massive towns than the Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. It comes out the same day as the Northmen. <laughs> I might be doing a double feature that day. Nice. <laughs> Um, and the Batman comes out, yes, in oh. February, I think, and which, I am, which I'm excited about, which I'm excited about, but I'm I'm more excited for a couple of other DC projects coming out next year. <laughs> what else is coming out next year? Uh, DC League of Super Pets. Oh, yep, I literally just scrolled right at that with The Rock and Kevin Hart playing the DC League of Super Pets and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Awesome. Oh God, I forgot the Chris Pratt. Mario film is a thing. <laughs> oh, I God. wish I could forget. 
that's going to be horrible. That's gonna I be love horrible. how the gaming community as a whole is just going. You're literally putting the guy who voices Mario in the movie as a cameo, right? And not using him as the voice actor. I'm just going to say this. I I feel about that film the way Jonathan feels about the French Dispatch. I'm, yeah, probably about the same. Except Hocus Pocus 2 comes out, and I have zero fucks to give about that movie. Fuck Hocus Pocus. I respect Kenny Ortega and Mick Garris, and I just don't like that movie. <laughs> well, there's a Sesame Street movie that's coming out. Let's do this. Yeah. Mission Impossible 7. I'd watch it. Yeah. We, we, we need to wrap this shit up. <laughs> we do. <laughs> okay, hold on. But there is a movie coming out. It's a horror movie called Cocaine Bear. A large black bear consumes the contents of a duffel bag filled with cocaine that was dropped by an airplane by a local drug smuggler. That's me snorting this movie into my, my dude. I'm fucking about that. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks, Phil Lord, Chris Miller, Ray Liotta. God. What the fuck is this? I need it. Yeah, this sounds amazing. Oh, is the are we actually going to get the Bob's Burgers movie? Okay, yes. we really need a draft. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead. We're going to call it here, guys. Uh, my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, on the TikToks, on the Twitch at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R on TikTok at House Havoc. Letterboxd by search of my name, Mr. Workman. Um, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I actually did a TikTok the other day. Uh, probably going to have one tomorrow. Uh, and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. And I got to two 2021 films today that I wanted to bring up here. One was Nightmare Alley, the new Guillermo del Toro, which I liked, didn't love. Um, and uh, I pretty much uh, appreciated that this was the movie that The Greatest Showman should have been bunch of carny pieces of shit creating human rights abuses <laughs> nice and uh i watched being the ricardos which is not good it's on amazon if you want to waste that time <laughs> um both of the leads are miscasted it's weird to watch <laughs> and that what are we watching after we come back from break next week yeah, get out there and watch some some films uh, while we take a little break. And then we're going to come back and watch Rain Man, which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Vudu, YouTube, or stream on Netflix, Tubi, or Pluto TV. Ooh, definitely. definitely. God. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up and Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Worcester Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worcester Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. <gasps> I said what? Yes, go to Spotify, apparently. If you listen there, give us five stars. Uh, it really helps us to be seen in the all-almighty algorithm. The Spotify almighty algorithm. 2021, thank you for the fun. Uh, not really, but thank you for the movies. <laughs> for Jonathan, Zach, and the incomparable Wes Anderson, who, if you take the highest scores and drop the lowest, has the greatest film of the year. Woo. I would like for you all 
Have a damn fine day. Hey, Wes Anderson. <laughs>